Okay, wait. Here are some good names. The intro credits names. Not Erica Christensen. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Because uh, I have them written down Not here. Adam Wiley. Uh, Andrew Ducote. Not him. I bet, I bet you like... Lee Garlington. Yeah, Lee Garlington is a good one. And also, this one. Brighton, Brighton Hertford. <laughs> Brighton yeah. Heatford. Great one. <laughs> I'm done now. All right. I can I can leave. <laughs> Gross. Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel. Tipsy Paddle. Disney Channel. Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs from A to Xenon. My name is Brandon Lamuto. I am your host, and I have all my friends here. That's have, it. Yep, that's it. Just all the friends. Um, nobody who is here is not my friend. Uh, it's the usual suspects today. We have our sound engineer, Mr. Ryan Matz. Hi. We have our mixologist, Mr. James Latiri. Hey. And all the way from Austin, Texas... We have our art director, Miss Brennan Banta. What up? Hi. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. I'm only Great. good because everybody's here. Did everybody have a nice Thanksgiving? I hope it was full of watching DCOMs. God, stop with the dated references. <laughs> I didn't watch them because I saved them for the day before we do these. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I watched this today. Today? I've done that. It actually, Ryan, I, that's not evergreen. <laughs> I didn't watch this movie. That is that evergreen? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Because <laughs> so long as you never watch it. Yeah, just don't watch the movie, and you're going to be fine, except for maybe the next 45 minutes. I would be better if I didn't watch these movies. Yeah, well, too bad, because you're part of this, and we forced you into it. Boo. Today's movie is, uh, it's a weird one. Uh, this movie is from 1999. Good year. A great year. It's the year I was born. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the year I was born. <laughs> um, it is. It's called Can of Worms. Um, most people don't. Most people haven't seen this movie, but they may recognize the poster because the poster is just <laughs> wild. Uh, it's it's got a big old alien on it, and it's got the tagline, uh, "Who's got time to be a teenager when you have to save the world?" It's a shitty tagline. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, that's not really what happened either. No, you don't really get any sense that the world is in danger. No, right? Um, it is, but it's des- his fault. We'll get into it. If I had to describe the plot of this movie, I would say that a boy sends out an intergalactic message which opens up the Earth to a bunch of pop-up ads in the form of aliens. Yes. I thought the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's just meant to be, like, you know, an allegory for the crazy worldwide web. You know what it's like? That Dave Chappelle skit where he goes to a mall, but it was actually the internet, and the guy was like, hey, buddy, you want to enlarge your penis? (laughs) (laughs) Get consolidation. Gambling. <laughs> but before we get into all that. Yes, before we get into that, we're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. We're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. <laughs> we're called the. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Brennan, Brennan. Why, are we, <laughs> why, are, why are we called the Tipsy why Panel? Why is everyone yelling my name? Because we drink, and our chief mixologist, James, has a great drink for us. James, take it away. Mm. He's I'm eating chew- gummy worms. I'm chewing gummy worms. And so am I. They're the subjects of the movie, except not really. <laughs> All right. So I decided to make a drink that incorporates worms in a couple ways. I think we're going to call it can of worms. <laughs> I think it's appropriate. That's probably fair. It's eponymous. Mm-hmm. So we're eating gummy worms. That's not part of the drink, but who doesn't like sour and, and regular gummy worms? I'm smoking gummy worms. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I can't tell you how many carcinogens are in that. A, because I don't know, and B, because it's too many to count. <coughs> well, everyone, this is the last you're hearing of Ryan. <laughs> um, so this uh, this uh, can of worms uh, is... So one of the worms is the base liquor is Mezcal. Nice. Which mm. is the... Uh, spirit that in mexico they put the worms into Um, is that true yeah i had no it is yeah not this one i don't think you could buy it (laughs) but 
in in spirit. Um, so it's one fresh grapefruit, one fresh lemon, one fresh orange, honey, a little bit of salt in there actually, uh, mezcal, uh, sparkling. Uh, I put tangerine like um, San Pellegrino in there. Uh, fresh mint muddled in the bottom, and then the other worm element. Not worm element, but that would fit in this movie is kombucha. Ooh. Because if anyone has ever seen a scoby, it belongs in this movie. <laughs> it is a snotty puck that you that uh, basically regenerates itself, regenerates a new layer every time you make kombucha, and it looks like mucus. It, it's a snotty puck that we love to ingest. Yep, yep. It's full of the good stuff. James, are you in the right headspace to hear some information that could possibly hurt you? Um, mm, not right now. Oh, now I am. Now I am. Yes, this is my favorite drink. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's so good. I love. Wow. I like this one a lot. This wow. is yeah, this is fantastic. Make it, it for your friends. Really good. Mm-hmm. Brandon, here. Hold on, here. I'm gonna pour some through the microphone. Just put your mouth over the mic. Okay, okay. Yeah, here, here. You got. Yep, yep. Okay, you're getting oh, it. Yeah. You're getting it. Oh yeah. Wait, wait. Now Brandon's microphone doesn't work. Uh, it's, uh, I'll it, just c- scream really loud. As opposed to you normally scream really loud. <laughs> yeah. I got to okay. really remember to not chew gummy worms in the mic. <laughs> yeah. If you hear us chewing gummy worms and you want us to stop, please uh, reach out to us. <laughs> tweet. Yeah. Tweet at us at Tipsy Panel. Uh, DM us at uh, on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. Gummy worms ASMR. Oh, my ah. God. Oh, dear. That's very strong. If you want Ryan to stop, please email us. Disney oh, Channel Tipsy Panel. Wait. At gmail.com. I got an email. What's it say? It says, Dear Ryan, stop chewing gummy bears. Oh, well, then I'm glad somebody sent that email. Was it Brandon? No, it was one of our fans. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, fan out there who's listening to us record. I didn't want to throw any of our fans under the bus. They're nice people. I appreciate whoever did it. All right. It was your wife. Oh. Stop emailing my wife. Should we talk about this movie? Okay. All right. Let's open up this. Can't think of the expression. They're all weird. This one's super weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This one is extremely weird. So uh, this one is directed by Paul Schneider. Now, let me ask you guys. Does this one remind you of any other movie that we've watched? Oh, is it Luck of the Irish? No, it's not, actually. Didn't he direct Luck of the Irish? Paul Schneider did not direct Luck of the Irish. Oh, I got a lot of head injuries. That's okay. (laughs) So did uh, Mike Pillsbury, and we'll get into that. Uh, this is the same guy who directed You Lucky Dog. Ah. What? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Same time. Really? Yeah. Same like t- rough time period with Disney. And um, same, I feel like the progression from scene to scene is very similar. Like, okay, here's a scene about plot, and here's a scene where just something goofy happens. Except we have to say there is a dog in this movie, and this dog talks. Mm-hmm. Whereas in You oh. Lucky Dog, where he's meant to be communicating with someone, he doesn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> Never really thought about it that way. Wow. All right. Um, so the movie is about a guy named Mike Pillsbury. We start off with a uh, one of those um, you know, flash forwards. It's, um, it's a rainstorm. And Mike Pillsbury, a <laughs> typical 90s teenage boy is typing into this big-ass satellite that's just out in a field. Um, in his backyard. His backyard, yeah. Uh, just sending a message that's something like, uh, I don't belong here. Aliens of, of the galaxy, please come pick up me because my species is is mean and rude. He was basically covering the Radiohead song Creep in text-to-speech. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. That was it. And uh, then we get the the two weeks earlier text. And um, we're introduced to Mike Pillsbury and the Pillsbury family. Um, There's a dad who wants Mike to play football because football is for real. It's for the real heads. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. It's for it's, you know, it teaches you. you, What is it? Dignity and character and puts hair on your chest. Uh, He's a he's a very just typical dad, just like a sitcom dad. You know, he's got he's got gray hair and broad shoulders and expects his nerd son to not be a nerd son. (laughs) There's the mother who doesn't really have a lot of agency. And there is the the sister um, played by one of my favorite names, Brighton Hertford. (laughs) 
<laughs> who is just uh, a snarky younger sister. So um, it's, a, it's yeah, it's a very typical nuclear family for Disney. Um, but yeah, Mike's got a, he's got a bully. He's got a girl he's got a crush on. Um, he's and got he, a friend. He's got a friend who is also a nerd, and he loves storytelling about aliens, mm-hmm. and he loves computers. Yeah. Um, we know he loves computers because he creates a program on his dad's computer that is just a pig. Yep. It's a pig's butt that turns around, and it's his bully Scott's face. <laughs> and everybody and, laughs because it's funny. And it takes up so much RAM on the family computer that the cat, the dad can't trade stocks. Yeah. Which oh. he puts on a full suit and, or shirt and tie to do in their home. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of life I'm leading right now. Yeah, Brendan, you're in a suit and tie right now. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. even doing your job, but you just keep that on 24-7. Yep. They say dress for the job you want, and you want to be this dad. I want to be this dad so badly. (laughs) It really sucks that I took off my work outfit, because that is what I had on today. Suit and tie? Brandon will vouch for me, because that's what I was wearing when he got here. Suit and tie. I wore a sweater with buffalo on it. All right. um, So, uh, Mike is on the football team, and he runs the opposite direction, which causes him to get bonked (laughs) in the head real badly. And then he sees spaceships. Yep. A little bit of foreshadowing. Starts screaming that his brain was stolen, which I have a theory that we can assess the viability of. Uh, Mike died when he got hit in. Oh. By when he got hit. And then the rest of this movie is his last moments of life where he became a hero and he like made something of his life. But um, really. He uh, got a contusion in his brain uh, at a JV football game (laughs) that his dad forced him to go to. And his last words were, don't take my brain. So that's where I'm at with this movie. (laughs) Did anybody watch the after credits, the post credit scene? Oh, what happens? uh, He's in a coma. Ah, And then he flatlines. Oh, so sad. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I missed that. I mean, it that kind of ties into the rest of the tone of this movie. It does. Well, there's also where the younger sister said, can I have his CDs? And then at the end of the movie, she says, I get his CDs. Fade to oh, black. Maybe he did. I was kind of kidding, but maybe he died. Yeah. I just assumed he got a concussion. He got CTE. Yes. We should have a CTE tally of oh, but- how many of these movies people get. Like It's all of them. It is kind of all of them. Everybody gets some sort of head injury. <laughs> That's accurate. All right. Um, so there's so, football. Yeah, after the football, um, he starts talking to, uh, what's her name? Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah, who is uh, Erica Christensen. I recognized her from The Perfect Score, which was not a very good comedy, but I loved it regardless. The which movie was that? Score. The Perfect Score. It's about a bunch of high school students who try to steal the SAT. <gasps> it's got oh. two Marvel actors in it. Oh, my God. It stars Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. What the fuck? Yeah. It was like 2005 or six. Am um, I living in the same cinematic universe that you're living in? Yeah. The, the, the perfect score cinematic universe. What? Marvel is actually a subset of the perfect score cinematic universe. So because they failed to steal the SAT, they actually all just became superheroes instead. So they didn't have to go to college. Will you shut up? Now. Um, anyway, Caitlin. Uh, is Mike's love interest. Uh, this movie does not pass the Bechtel test because she is totally just an object of Mike's affection Ooh, and nothing more. A white man talking about the Bechtel test. Hey, How I, original. Oh, shut up. I'm, I yearn for the Disney Channel original movies that have strong female leads, and they do exist. Halloween Town is one of them. Double Teamed is another one. A can of worms is not. Attention, folks. Today we have a white man to tell you about the Bechdel test. Oh, you're the worst. (laughs) I relish that role. So Caitlin actually does show affection towards Mike. Um, They work together as friends to develop the the holiday dance, which was kick-ass. We're skipping ahead. We can't skip over the whole entire classroom scene. You're you're right, Brennan. I'm sorry. That's right. There's a floppy disc war. Oh, the Wild oh, West God. Jewel. Bre- Brennan, please explain. You're okay. the computer one. 
Yeah, right. I, I just want to say that this is completely accurate and totally legitimate the way viruses work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so there's also a bully in the class named what? Scott what? Schneider. Scott okay. Schneider. Right, Schneider. And he inserts a floppy disk, which sends crude messages to our main hero, Mike, Mike's computer. In spooky and So his font. friend's like, you're not going to get away with that. And so he sends the teacher away via a sexual harassment lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Mike enters his floppy disk artillery and it hacks her computer to get an email from the principal basically being like, I'm horny oh. AF. Come down to the main office. Let's get it on. And so she does. She leaves. And then a second floppy disk is inserted by Mike, and it shows a cartoonish pig, the same one like the stock broking. Mm-hmm. The Chefrov's gun of this movie, I guess, <laughs> is that little graphic pig. And it, yeah, anyway, and that causes the bully to have a poor reaction. And that kind of is like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back on why this bully hates this kid so much. Also, yeah. he's bad at football. Yes. Um, and the bully doesn't like that. And then Scott decides to seek revenge. Um, the revenge he seeks is in the form of sabotaging the Halloween dance. So Mike and Caitlin set up this pretty cool display of just like, you know, uh, he set up some sort of, I guess, motherboard computer system. I'm bad with computers. Uh, Wait, we're still stepping ahead. What uh, about... <laughs> I, I, do you think I remember the order of things that happen in these movies? They're you like fever notes. dreams to me. You took notes. I did This take one notes. especially was like a fever but, dream. What did I skip, Brennan? Caitlin waits in his in Mike's bedroom oh. to talk oh, to her. You're right. Yeah. was like, wicked prank you pulled. I'm throwing a Halloween party for the whole entire school. Why don't you help me with some more floppy disks? I guess. Yes, very normal and good to walk into someone's decides, house and sit in their room. And then he decides to flirt back by saying, I prefer to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike. When will you ever learn? Yeah, she wanted him so badly and he was so dumb. But I, how old are they supposed to be? Ah, uh, like freshmen in high school or something. Yeah, I was clueless then too. Not yeah, that I anybody a, wanted me. Yeah, I was a big stupid dumb idiot. Everybody was. But he, like, you're right. I totally forgot about that. Like, the little kid is like, there's a girl in your room. And he and they are like, I don't believe you. And he says it like six times. Yeah, it's it was like, very weird. No, there is. There is. And you're like, Okay. Yeah, pretty odd. And then the um, little kid is like, you should go. What if she's actually there? What if she wants <laughs> to hear a story? <laughs> and he ages like seven decades in the course of 40 seconds. Yep. <laughs> at about this point, I did write this down, and now I'm looking at my notes because I'm realizing I'm skipping everything. Um, we're about 20 minutes into the movie, and there's there's nothing in the movie yet that's anything like the poster. It's just been pure exhibition. I kept yep. wondering where that thing was. Yeah, uh, pure exhibition so far. Um, and then they set up the Halloween dance in a nice montage, uh, and then the Halloween dance actually happens. And uh, the song that they play is a total jam. Who knows who did the music for this movie? I do. I do. Who did I it? Don't. It was Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. Oh, yeah. Again. I, yep. Mark Mothersbaugh has really, you know, does an awesome job with these. He definitely phones it in, but even him phoning it in is still amazing. He's going to go down as one of the greatest film and TV composers of our time. 100%. Yep. He did Crash Bandicoot, which already seats him at like yes. in like the elite for me. Um, according to IMDb, he's only done five decoms, but there's no way that's true. Only five. No, well, he's definitely done more than that. I'm pretty because I'm pretty sure he did double teamed. Um, we'll need the fact checker on this. Uh, Marvin, our fact checker, sits in the corner of the room, and we yell at him whenever we need something. Brandon, I'm hungry. Shut up, Marvin. Brandon, look up double teamed. Brandon, I'm thirsty. Marvin. Brandon. God. God damn it! Brandon, I'm hungry and thirsty. <sighs> Marvin, please, 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 please help me, please. <sighs> Guys, we're ignoring Marvin. Damn it, Marvin! The hours. moment passed now. I yeah. Want food no, that's it, Marvin. Marvin, you're done. Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember there was a Devo song in Double Teamed, so I assume Mark Mothersbaugh had something to do with it. Crack and I imagine he's doing more. 
Yeah, yeah, it was that one. Oh, they, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like an actual Devo song. Right, yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Can of Worms. Um, Scott sabotages the dance. Uh, he and his little crony, who I don't think has a name, they, they plug in their own computer program to sabotage the whole thing. So I guess the interesting thing about the bullies in this movie is that they're also very intelligent. Yep. Like like everything that Mike can do, they can also do. Um, Not which, as well, but they can do it. But they do it. Like even if he's just like just a, a step below, like he's definitely one of the most talented computer programmers in this movie. Yeah. They know enough about computer programming. Or Scott, Scott, what's uh, his Scott? Yeah, Scott he, Snarbly. He knows. <laughs> he knows enough to sabotage what Mike did. Mm-hmm. And start make it catch fire. Yeah, that that, that was yeah. my favorite part. It just when, catches fire. Yeah, when Scott committed floor. arson. And we should say what catches fire is a. It was at the Halloween dance, which I don't know if you guys noticed the little detail. Uh, the teacher that Mike convinced uh, that the principal was like pining for her. her uh, they were together in the dance. Oh, oh my god! Her and the principal oh, that's were. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Good he, catch. He's a matchmaker. It worked out immediately. That's great. But uh he the thing he makes that's better than orange crepe paper is the line is like a like a a, a rotating collection of Halloween toys and like these flying things above head that just shoot out lights and play a rap song. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it. And don't forget Mike had to also pump up his own dance suit by putting led lights everywhere yep. oh yeah led Badass cummerbund move. yep cummerbund good for him oh my god and his parents before the dance were like we failed you as parents oh my we god. never got you dance lessons yeah, and the mother has like a dance instructional tape but well that's what she does right like she's she's like a international cable person like she has like shows that go on in foreign countries which is why they have that big satellite so she can see Wait, the is tv that shows why they have the satellite I yeah that completely yeah i did too because there was a line where the dad said oh well the insurance will cover the satellite after it blew up and i was just like why would insurance cover this it's yeah it's something to do with what the mom does for her profession in that she needs to watch these TV shows from like South America or whatever. Oh, right. That's why she was speaking Spanish to the guy on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Mike's like messing with the satellite and she's like, okay, bring it back. And she's watching the TV signal waiting for like the static to go away. Está bien, Paco. Yeah. Yeah. Hola, como esta en Bolivia? (laughs) And that's how she, she's like, oh, I put on this dance instructional video in in Paraguay. So, I, yeah. I, I missed all of that, so thank yeah. you for, for paying more attention than I God, did. Now you can sleep tonight. I, yeah. this was... can, can, can we do the uh, can we do the decom dad hour now? Because there's no more like parents in the movie after this scene. So Yeah, and there's just the one dad, right? Yeah, it's just Mike's dad. That's the just only dad, dad that we see in this movie. So yeah, Mike's dad, um, as I already said, very generic TV dad, loves football, broad shoulders, uh, doesn't understand his son. What do we think, fellas? And Brennan. Yeah. I want to be a fella. Um, <laughs> I think, you know what? I'm going to give him a B minus. Wow. That's generous. He was a big weirdo with the stock thing. But after <laughs> his son causes not one, but two fires, because there's the fire at the dance and then immediately follows is a fire in the backyard with the satellite, they're yeah. super supportive in the next scene. That's a good point. True. Yeah. And okay. They're just kind of idiots. Honestly, all the adults were idiots in here. Like that whole montage was no teacher supervision for setting up the school dance. Very true. true. I'm so, going to. Yeah, he's good. I have concluded. Because <laughs> I was going to give him a C plus. I mean, he forces his son to play football uh, and, you know, he's got a lot going against him in that sense. But he does say that even if Mike was adopted, that they'd still love him all the same. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's barely passes in my book. He's not outright abusive, but he's uh, certainly no angel. You know what? Um, He loves football and he loves stocks. Why can't he get his shitty kid to help him like make a fantasy football app? (laughs) Yeah. Invent fantasy football, dad. (laughs) If that is your real name. (laughs) 
<laughs> I give him, Brandon, I'm with you. I give him like a B minus um, for pretty much all the reasons you said. Yeah. He never, he never tells his son he's disappointed at him, which many other DCOM dads do. Um, and he doesn't understand him, but he tries. Yeah. I, I give him closer to Ryan, if not lower than Ryan, because he is in the era of dads where it was like he actively like scorns someone who is interested in a computer. And then Mm. also I would have to say, uh, Mike is maybe the smartest and most talented kid in any of these. He should be at NASA. He should be. Yeah. He are maybe matched only by Robert Richard in, um, alley cat strike (laughs) who is like, emotionally has the maturity of like a 35 year old therapist. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, he's like, he's really smart and his dad is exposing him to head injuries by forcing him into football. (laughs) Hmm. Good point. Well said. Yeah. This was definitely at the point where people started realizing that jobs in tech were uh, lucrative. So yeah. Yeah, And this fucking idiot dad is like, I want you to play football. Yeah. They're a couple years away from the dot com bubble. They're, they're prime for like big web money yeah okay well that's the decom dad hour if you agree or disagree please reach out to us disney channel tipsy panel at gmail.com may i say something yeah my name big web money (laughs) that's a good name rap name big web money so we're back to the first scene where mike um you know the dance is ruined um mike decides to send out this intergalactic message asking whoever's out there to please come get him, save him from this miserable uh, meat planet. <laughs> so um, he, he goes back to school and he's, you know, kind of ostracized for ruining the dance. And, and Caitlin acts really weird towards him. He sees yeah. her and she, she sort of shrugs her shoulders and goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but yeah, now at this point, um, the weird stuff starts happening. We're in the second act of the movie. I know, it's like a third of the way in, and we still haven't gotten any aliens. And then suddenly, uh, here they come. We get one, but it's not what it appears. The dog? Yeah, it's a dog. Yeah, so we get a dog. Uh, voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Who, Crazy. Um, yeah, the um, the clockwork orange guy. Yeah. Uh, who Fuck who has yeah. a uh, an extensive uh, acting career of just doing bit parts and things, but this one is especially funny. And he's got an exquisite voice. He does. He has a beautiful voice. Um, but yeah, he is Barnabas, the dog, um, who's from another planet, and uh, he reveals that Mike opened the Stargate, <laughs> and that has allowed Earth to be contacted by all sorts of alien creatures, and he's here to be like, uh, yeah, I'm, you said you wanted out, I'm here to get you out, but uh, don't talk to anybody else. Yeah, Which at Mike, first like, acts like it's a huge inconvenience. It's like 12 hours ago, this is all you wanted. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, real quick, uh, change of tune. Dumbass. Yeah, all <laughs> teens are dumbasses. This is canon. But yeah, um, you know, it seems kind of suspicious for him to just be like, only trust me and don't listen to anyone else. But we soon find out that that's probably the best idea because the next alien that he's contacted by. Oh, oh my God. The okay. lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's set this up. So uh, Mike walks into his house after being just like, well, I didn't really see any aliens because I must be having a fever dream. He walks into <laughs> or his hungry. room. He or goes, hungry. Or hungry. I might be hungry. Or I have CTE. Yeah, true. Or he's dead. So then he uh, he he brings his dinner into his room which is a hamburger and corn on the cob yeah which is like what the fuck you're gonna eat that in front of your computer it's clearly the fourth of july even though it's school is in session so he's sitting there trying to eat his hamburger and his corn on the cob (laughs) and he's looking at his computer like a dumb distracted teen and just reaches for it but all of a sudden he's like oh what's that smell why is my hamburger all gloopy? And then he looks up and there's a, what is it? It's a, the greatest thing in this whole movie. What's it called? The the bomb. It's like uh, a, a green just pustule with with human <laughs> eyes and mouth. Well, he drips human from teeth. a sewer pipe. Yeah, he falls out of a, a just a floating sewer pipe. And it just talks to him and says things like, I'm here to represent you. 
as as a lawyer against the planet Earth. I think we have a pretty good case to sue the planet. But don't forget that the pustule eats his hamburger. Oh, well, well, okay. And well, starts to get oh, gassy. Well, well, hold on, hold on, because Mike gets a phone call. It's Caitlin, and Caitlin wants to patch things up between them. Uh, so she starts, you know, saying, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe I judged it too quickly, yada, yada. But Mike can't focus on the conversation because this this thing, which is it's full prosthetics. It's like a it's it's a puppet. Um, and it just starts doing this. It's eating a hamburger in the most <laughs> vile way you could yep. possibly imagine. The way that its whole body moves <laughs> and its mouth just shudders and its teeth chatter. <laughs> and, and you see the gloop that it's chewing up too. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out uh, Steve Johnson who did the prosthetics and animatronics for this movie because. Bravo. You mean just, it wasn't Jim Henson? No, so actually yeah. one of his puppeteers did work with Jim Henson, but it was not Jim Henson. Oh, um, really? Actually. Oh, you guys, I don't know. Were the puppets good? Uh, so I want to say no and yes. Yeah. Okay. No in the fact that it's yeah. it's vile and disgusting, but yes in the fact that it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hold on. Let, let, let's see if anybody else caught what I caught. Um I'm I'm jumping ahead just a little, and we'll turn it back. But the the poster uh, alien, the one that's like got the weird long eyes, and it's got the shoes and the yeah. big smile. He's uh, he's like trying to sell a TV show. Did that look familiar to anybody? Yeah, it looked like Crumb from Avril Monsters. Yes, it that's did. What I thought not what I was thinking of though, and I had to look this up to confirm my suspicions. I imagine I believe that it's just uh, Slimer from Ghostbusters reskinned. Oh wow! Huh. If you take a look at a picture of of, of the thing, it, it really does look like it. Um, but also, Steve Johnson, the guy who did the visual effects, is known most oh, most famously for designing dude, Slimer from you Ghostbusters. Know what? If you look at it, wow. it's the exact same facial structure, and they just added eye tubes to it. Wow. Yeah, the tu- the eyes now are in tubes as opposed to just where they connect on the face as they would be in the Slimester. Yeah, but this is 100% he love hot dogs. The, the Slimer from <laughs> Ghostbusters with like purple and orange stripes on it. Banana. Wow. Mm-hmm. Minion. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve Slimer Johnson. Slimer was the first minion. Steve Johnson, bravo. You did great. Um, Banana. He but yeah, the 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 um the the weird gaseous pustule totally ruined uh, Mike's conversation with Caitlin, and he she started hangs up. farting through its skin after it ate the burger. <laughs> and Mike can't help himself but and say like, goes, "That's it's, disgusting." Yeah, he just keeps yelling. Like, imagine being on the other side of that conversation, being like, "Hey, I'm so sorry. Like, whatever I did." And he's like, "Oh, it's gross." Oh, it stinks! <laughs> Who stinks in here? <laughs> yeah, and then he was like. Uh, sorry, Caitlin. The plumber's here. It's vile. It's, <laughs> it's all backed up. It's disgusting. Great excuse, Mike. Good job. Um, but yeah, then uh, Mike is visited by a whole bunch of aliens. He's visited by the 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 Slimer who's trying to sell a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's and then like one that's I think trying to do like a dating app, basically. <laughs> yeah, I one that she was just a, wants to date him. Thought she was I a thought. prostitute. Maybe that. Yeah, I mean, dating apps didn't exist then, so I I guess that's more along the lines of what it was supposed to be. She was a floating pink head, and then there was another one who was just like a what looked like a cuckoo clock. Yeah, didn't speak. I thought it was just like a neuron in a jar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also they all come in their own specialized portal. Oh yeah. So the dog comes in like a doghouse. The slimy boy comes in like a pipe. Um, the slug from Adventure Time <laughs> that uh, whips swords, uh, aka Slimester, uh, he comes in. Uh, no, he's a TV. He comes, he comes a in TV. a TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the, then I forget the the pink one's just in like a star or something. Yeah, that was my favorite one. The one in the TV with the penny loafers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was crumb. Plus the the headmaster from Ariel Monsters. <laughs> so I mean, this is I. It's it's hard to imagine that this is anything other than just pop up ads on the internet in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, a bunch of things just showing up out of nowhere and being like, "Hey, you're special. We want you. Come here. You want me? You want this product? It's really good. Yeah. 
Um, so then uh, Barnabas comes back and explains the whole situation to Mike, which is the the mo- It's definitely the funniest like conflict that we see in any of these movies. So Barna- Barnabas explains that once Mike sent out the intergalactic message, he um, consequently removed Earth from the list of protected primitive species planets because he showed that they have enough intelligence to communicate. So suddenly that means that they are, you know, they are, I guess, prime for the picking. Yes, they're ripe for yeah. the picking. Exactly, Brennan. They are, they are ready to be infiltrated by, by ads and marketing and just general extortion from all of the other alien races. May I? Yes. As you said, it's kind of like an allegory for pop-up ads on the internet. It, it's almost like Mike removed the uh, antivirus protection. Yeah. And just opened yep. the door for all this bullshit to come flowing in. But also, how weird is the rest of this galaxy that they only protect those who can't protect themselves? And as soon as one member of any race is like... Hey, what? And they're like, nope, you're 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 to you're just exposed to the elements of the universe now. Yeah. What protection do they offer for for things who are intelligent enough? I guess nothing. I guess you can't open up portals. Like there. Galactic UN. Yeah. 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 You can't open up portals and try and sell like people to your shows or try and date them or try and sue the planet. You can't sue them that's what it is right that's the real protection yeah so i wonder what case they had uh for suing planet earth like what (laughs) do you think there was any or is it just a lie i don't know he says that like it was abuse that to to treat him that way because he was so smart yeah definitely there's no case um I, I, like throughout this whole thing, I was half expecting some alien to show up to just be like, "I am a prince from the planet Glorbnox. <laughs> I have not been able to contact my home country, but if you send me one million dollars, I will be able to return ten with your money tenfold." It's kind of what yeah. the the lawyer is trying. Yeah. The space sucks. It's just like garbage. Space does suck. Just I never want to go there. <laughs> Does anyone okay? Does anyone here want to go to space? Yes or no? No. Yeah, I do. Really? I've always wanted to go to space. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. There's nothing there. I, I want to go up and see it and then come back. Yeah, exactly. Now I have no desire to leave this planet. Like I haven't even been to like like San Francisco. I like I don't want to go off the planet. Well, buddy, you're really missing out because the hate is great <laughs> and they have full house there no mm-hmm. what i really want to do is go to the moon and then come back safely just but go why? to ice just go to iceland it's basically the moon it looks like the moon yeah same thing because nobody gets to go to the moon and why did neil armstrong want to go to the moon i don't know because he was crazy what kind? I'm sorry. Would a sane person say one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind? No, no. A sane person. That's that's the most insane thing he did was that line. The reason he the reason he said that is because as soon as he went there, he got brain worms. Mm, so that's is, what's waiting for you up there. He got Ryan. moon madness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one small step for a man. One giant leap for mankind. Have you guys seen how many? This is getting off topic. I just want to say, please do. I've been wanting to talk about how many rings Buzz Aldrin wears lately. How many rings does Buzz? He Aldrin wears wear? like he wears like six or seven rings on his fingers, and he's always wearing leather now. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. Ryan he and I post a just lot of Google rings. pictures. He wears a lot of rings, <laughs> and he always he's like a spokesman for Omega watches, and it's just him just showing off his rings and wearing. A le- basically a leather spacesuit. They all look like class rings. Probably if I was a 90-year-old moon man, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, he, he has like delayed moon madness, and it just made him collect gold. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He, he punched a man once for questioning I whether love the that moon man No, that's happened. very sweet. I'm glad he did that. Anyway. I want fruit gummy. Okay. Uh, you have fruit gummy. There you go. Uh, can of worms. What what else is happening? Oh, okay. Um, so uh, Barnabas tells uh, Mike, um, yeah, Earth's in danger now because all the aliens are here, and he tells him about the Thode. 
So the Thode is is a weird villain. It's just like a bounty hunter, I guess. Um, the the Thode is just collecting various galactic creatures for a, I guess, a zoo. And he he steals um, Mike's friend's little brother, the little kid that they tell stories to. <laughs> Who he sucks him up with his big old tongue? He he sucks him up with Ew. his big old tongue. <laughs> he sucks that boy up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. With his big old tongue. He snatches him with his big old appendage tongue. and he, But the thing that's odd is that he was nowhere that whole scene, and they're out in Mike's backyard in the middle of the night. And then that boy just comes walking up <laughs> and goes, hey, what's going on? Whoa! <laughs> Hello! Hello! What is the wall going to be made? Hello! <laughs> yep. <laughs> he he had no business being there none whatsoever but he was there and he got sucked up by the tongue the thode tongue so then they have to devise some sort of plan to go get him back so it's you know now suddenly there's like a 20 minute conflict yeah they, th- exactly this is where the heart of the movie conflict really begins so they, they need go to use Scott as bait. Yeah, they go get Scott, who for some reason joins them. I, yeah, they and, say because he's a perfect specimen. They're introducing Scott to Barnabas, the talking dog, and they go, "This is a dog, but he's not a dog." And Scott <laughs> goes, "Right." Yeah, that's, that's the whole. That's the whole exchange. It wasn't very clear. Um, but yeah, 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 I know. They they do oh, wait, convince. No, you know yeah. how they get Scott. How do they get Scott? Uh, his friend sneaks into his room in a pig mask. Oh my god! <laughs> in the middle of the night, <laughs> yeah, he wakes him up wearing a pig mask, and Scott's about to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and he goes, "Wait, come with me." <laughs> I must have missed that part. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very quick, but yeah, he's wearing a pig mask and a big old like that uh, really happened. Party City yeah. Halloween hands. He's wearing like long hands and a pig mask. He's hammy. Oh that's their. That's their plan. <laughs> And it, and it worked, so uh, good on them, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they convinced Scott to be bait, which is crazy. Because Michael, or Mike, he's like, oh, what are you, scared? Yeah. yeah, he gives all these logical arguments, and he goes, and and I dare you. And he pulls the Marty McFly. Yeah. But it works, and Scott... He is a bit... He is a Biff Tannen character, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, but he's smart. Biff was never That's smart. That's true. That's true. Anyway, Scott agrees to be bait, reluctantly, I guess. And um, he also gets kidnapped into the zoo. And then they all follow him through the Stargate into the Thode's um, zoo, prison, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, in the prison. they get into a political discussion on zoos being sanctuary versus prison. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. it actually was pretty interesting because the Thode made a, a good point of like, they're going to live so much longer in here. Which is probably true, yeah. but okay, fine. Okay, great question for everyone. Would you rather live to our, whatever our average age is as a human, what, 71, <laughs> uh, 72? Would God. you rather live to 72 and just be in the world? Or would you rather live, like, at, let's say, three times as long in, in some zoo? I would love to only live to 71. Genetics dictate that I will probably die at about 100. <laughs> and I want to die now. So there's your answer. Okay, there we go. Um, also, it's worth noting that the zoo looks just like where you live. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know uh, what? I don't know. You could get so much. Like, let's let's put aging beside and just mm-hmm. say that the medicine that you would receive at this prison zoo sanctuary blend is so advanced that you would you know, continue to live somewhat of a healthy and non-painful life. I mean, you could do so much. Like, you're still a human. You could yeah. request to do a bunch of different crafts. Mm-hmm. Um, Learn to play the guitar. Yeah. I don't... I know. It sounds stupid. It's like, I want to be in prison so I can learn crafts. <laughs> no, I like um, it. It's a good take. I'd have to think about it. Like, what if you got a VR headset? What if you were allowed... You probably wouldn't be allowed to leave, even with a chaperone. Yeah. What if you got all the newest movies and Netflix shows? Yeah. No, what that if, wouldn't do it for me. What if you could watch High School Musical colon the musical colon okay, the series? Seventy two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You'll never catch season ninety five of high of HSM colon T M colon T S. God, that's hard to say. I mean, you, really, you like, really, the answer is probably die at the natural age. But I do think it's kind of 
but it's kind of interesting like if that was your worst case scenario how would you make life better in your little yeah yeah no it is interesting i'm gonna smoke (laughs) some prison sanctuary blend and get back to you with the answer to that question (laughs) listeners would you rather die normally or live for a long time in prison let us know at disney channel tipsy battle i guess there's been novels that have explored it and like all those main characters you know, like uh, Tuck Everlasting. Did you guys ever have? To oh my that? god! Yeah. I remember Tuck Everlasting. Oh my god! I thought you were referring to Metamorphosis, but I've never read that, so I wouldn't know. Like, what you mean, the Kafka thing where he wakes up and he's like a bug? Kafka, hit us up. DCTP at GM dot C. <laughs> I still remember lives forever and bridge to Terabithia. Uh, no, uh, I remember it though. <laughs> um, the, the the girl dies. Oh, Sorry, spoilies for anyone out there. Forever. I'm thinking that dies. Yeah, oops, <laughs> other way around. I remember the speech in Tuck Everlasting when he's like, Tucks don't live, we just are like rocks stuck to the side of a stream while the river passes us by. What are you, Riley O'Reilly? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We own a big <laughs> potato chip factory. William Hurt in Tuck Everlasting, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> All right. Um, but anyway, they all hatch a plan to try to save them. But also in the zoo, they find a couple other species. One of them is just like a molten rock made of silicon. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is oh. the the alien that Mike made up in his own stories. Thus Super hinting at the fact that Mike might have been an alien the whole time. Yeah. What was that all about? They They touched on that and then they never went back to it. Well, obviously this was sequel bait, which never panned out. Yeah. I can't I did imagine think, why this didn't have a I sequel. I did like that. think that this should have had a sequel. They certainly opened up doors for it. Yeah, quite literally. They well, esta- they like did a lot of world building. Like the, it could have happened. I think that alien with the big ears, Baby Yoda, was oh the vagina ears. The vagina ears was uh, communicating with Mike telepathically. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was in person, but I think that he was communicating just out to the universe, oh. and Mike was somehow taking it in and it was like leading here yeah damn and and it's you know it's it's subtle enough where like a five-year-old was never gonna get that and this movie was clearly made for five-year-olds but um is that you are you a five-year-old i'm five i want food gummy <laughs> but anyway mike uh telepathically communicates with the hansels and figures out how to um open up the 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 pod doors uh, and then uh, they save their friend, but then the Thode um, turns into his uh, his alien form. At first, he's just a human, and that human was somebody I recognized. That human was um, he was in the X Files once. Oh, I thought I you were gonna him. say he was from Lost. No, not from Lost. <laughs> like all the people I don't well, know. Many no, it was Bradford Cox from Deer Hunter. His yep. name is fucking Hrothgar Matthews. Are you fucking No kidding? way. Hrothgar, no, no, like, no. Um, like High Hrothgar in Skyrim. There's a way to pronounce it in its actual language, and I don't know how to pronounce it. You are, you're full of shit. I no, I'm bo- not. Hrothgar, H-R-O-T-H-G-A-R. Hrothgar Matthews. He was in X-Files as a guy who got shot, and then the, the healer came and healed him. It All was right. the whole thing. Goodbye. I'm, I'm done But at this here. point, there's like 10 minutes left in the movie, and we're just being introduced to the main villain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's classic Disney fashion. Like, if there's too much of the villain, the kids get scurred. Oh. This is, this is just a little touch. And Villain Man was a big frog. Yeah, he was, just, he was a sack of frogs. Yeah. He never ran with curls in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Won't stop rapping until he get a gazillion grand. And then the 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 wonderful Deus Ex Machina of this movie. Once they all get out of the uh, out of the prison zoo and back to Earth, the only thing that stops the Thode is you guessed it, the cops. Oh yeah, that's law yep, enforcement. Yep, that is the only thing that will save you in your time of need. <clears throat> the police. For as wild as this movie gets, in like concept and like out there the real forces at work are uh being an outcast um like f- friendship truth and authority <laughs> yeah. well do you want to know the author's take on this story yeah so the author's name is uh is Kathy Mackle um her 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 approach to this movie was kind of odd she wrote the book 
and then Disney wanted to adapt it. So she wrote a script, she wrote a revision, and then Disney was like, ah, you know what, we'll get somebody else. And then somebody else revised it three times, and they were never able to find... And they never had what was what they called um, the magic. Now, Now, the magic of this story is not just, you know, it's not the aliens. It's not, um, you know, anything that you really think it is. The magic, according to her, is the hope and joy of the Lord. Are you serious? I am 100% serious. Um, She did an interview in 2005 with Novel Rocket in which she talks about um, a setback that she had, which was working with Disney. Um, (laughs) According wow. to this was uh, um, the other guy that they hired. He did three rewrites, but Disney felt the, quote, magic, which we know to be the hope and joy of the Lord, was somehow <laughs> missing. They brought me on again, paid me a lot of money, and used very little of what I suggested. Then I contested the credit assignation, which gave me shared credit, went through the Writers Guild arbitration, and won because I wanted sole credit. Disney never did business with me again. I'm still quoting her. I felt for years it was my failure, and I also held a grudge against the executive who wouldn't consider hiring me or buying any other of my products. It was only when I asked to mentor a teen at church that I was able to give him the task of praying for my grudges, and the Lord cleared both of our hearts. What the fuck? Amen. Now, everyone, turn in your hymnals to page 497. We will be singing um, The Lord Bless You and Keep You. Not only the Lord bless you and keep you. Not only is that wild that that's what this is based on. What you just read meant nothing to me. (laughs) Like those words were utterly just ran in circles and was like, and then I knew the Lord, the Lord would bless and keep my art for it is. It, it, the boy I found had art in it. Like, I wanted soul credit, and then yeah. I said to Disney, "You're like, gonna give me soul credit." This I don't person care. is not well. No, Kathy Mackle, hit us up, baby. Yeah, we, Kathy, we would love to interview you. Uh, Disney I, Channel Tipsy Panel at gmail.com. Have your people call my people. Oh wait, shit! I gotta get my phone number out. Nine one four eight six three one six one three. Call me there, Kathy. That's my <laughs> phone number. Thanks, Kathy. Um, so the end of the movie is just um, is just Bar- Barnabas telling us that. Well, don't worry. We put your planet back on the too dumb to mess with list, which is good because that's where we belong. <laughs> by arguing that Mike contacted other aliens by accident, yeah, and didn't mean to. That's what Voyager was, right? We did that by accident. Yep. Yeah. Gold record. Oops. <laughs> my bad Mike likes earth and football again the end he goes back to football <laughs> yeah he He's... does but instead of getting bullied by Scott Scott's like hey Boyle you want me to help you up and and Mike's like yeah okay I like you yeah, yeah. very weird and this is my girlfriend the cheerleader yep, that's, that's it the, Go, the ending line that they speak is Scott is like dream on Pillsbury and Scott from his back got knocked on his ass at a football game, takes his hand and goes, I will dream on, you know, I will that definitely now hearing Kathy Mackle's perspective perspective on this uh, would have been like, I will have faith. You know, I will. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think about this. She definitely tried to put so much God into the script. Yeah. Hey, Scotty. Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, should we do the DCOM F-bomb? Is it oh, DCOM F-bomb thank time? thank you so much. Yeah, let's yeah. do the DCOM F-bomb. For those of you who uh, don't know, um, if this were a PG-13 movie, you would get to say fuck once. Where would it be? Ryan, you were excited. Why don't you go first? So the, the minute I saw this scene unfold before my bleeding eyes <laughs> i knew that the decom f-bomb should have been at the moment where the lawyer leaks from the ceiling as soon as uh mikey grabbed for his hamburger and it was all full of stinky jello and he's like what's that smell and he looks up at the ceiling he goes what the <laughs> fuck because <laughs> even i thought he even yeah. said what the yeah. i was expecting it i was expecting him to say fuck you should have 
Maybe he did in some of the outtakes. But he was a teen. Yeah. Brandon, what's your decom F bomb? Um, it's towards the beginning of the movie when we meet Scott the bully and he's chastising Mike for not being very good at sports, so he says some football moves, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. And then Mike just lays on the ground in his concussion. My decom F bomb uh comes when Barnabas is explaining to Mike um, you know, what happened with the uh, you know, with with why all the aliens are coming. Where um, you know, he says uh I, I, you know, he says something like, oh, you guys, um, by sending out that intergalactic message, you have taken yourself off of the primitive species list. And Mike goes, that's good. And then Barnabas goes, no, that's fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked, dude. <laughs> that's mine. You only get one. You yeah, get shit, you're right. Okay. Oh, um, damn it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's turned this movie into an R. Oh, yeah. Uh, mine was so... Uh, Mike tries to explain the aliens like, I don't know, six times, like between his parents and his friend and between the girlfriend. And the last time they do it is to Scott. And all of them are like ganging up on Scott being like, yeah, this dog's not a dog. Oh, and there's goo. And like (laughs) he should have just stopped him and been like, the fuck are you nerds talking about? And then left and not have been their bait for the thode. They didn't even need him. He didn't have to be there. No. He, but he did learn when he was in uh, Thode prison from the little, the little dude that uh, it matched the stories. And the little dude was telling him Mike's stories. And he goes, huh, seems like Mike's kind of lonely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was the one lesson that somebody learned in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Other than that, nobody really learned anything. Except for that the love of the Lord is always in our hearts. Oh, yes. Hope and joy of the Lord. If you learned something from this movie, um, don't let us know. Yeah, we've already asked you too much to let us know things. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Do we rate this? No. Final thoughts before we rate this movie. What else do we want to talk about? <sighs> um, shit. Where is it? In my notes, I have... Oh. Um, Oh, I have. Uh, I I wrote slime brain guy is one hundred percent my new best friend. Who's oh the lawyer? Just the little lawyer. The guy. Lawyer. Yeah, he was my favorite. Is he the the bomb? Yeah, the, the bomb. Bo- the, the bomb. I think the bomb. B-O-M. The bomb. Something like that. The bomb. Bomb. Chicka. Bomb. Bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a line that was spoken by Mike. Uh, after the dance, uh, he's at breakfast the next day, and his sister's like, "Come on, Mike." cheer up you could do my math homework and mike she like starts explaining a a problem and mike just looks at her and goes i've lost my will to solve (laughs) (laughs) right 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 (laughs) what a line (laughs) oh and also i wrote down the exact time we'll pull we'll have to pull it up after this Mm. or put it on instagram or something 33 minutes 10 seconds mike is walking into the school after being humiliated at the Halloween dance, and there's a kid in the background who is strapped in. He has the <laughs> sickest Oakley blades on, and he clearly has never acted before. He's just, he almost walks like into something. It's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, I just pulled it up. Incredible. I love him. That kid, uh, that kid today, you ask? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, great find, James. Incredible. Oh, man. Good guy. Um, the, the only other note I had uh, is uh, an obvious plot hole. Surprise, I know. Um, <laughs> but when they go get Scott, when they wake him up in his bed in his own home and get him to come <laughs> to the backyard, um, they tell him, we know that you sabotaged the dance. How did they know? That's true. How it did? It never comes up. He Mike says, like, this couldn't have happened like i must have been sabotaged but he has no proof like all you needed was like like 15 seconds like mike sees a cord hanging out of scott's locker and then he just knows like even that (laughs) would have been enough for me this movie is 84 minutes long they could have done something this movie is really short yeah Uh, okay 
I don't know. I don't think I have any anything else to add because this movie melted my brain. Yeah, it melted my uh, my my brain is now the bomb. My brain is just a lawyer telling me you should sue Earth. It, yeah, it was a <laughs> sick fever dream. At, but I'm honestly kind of glad it happened. It's it's like how Neil Young wrote uh, Cowgirl in the Sand after coming out of a fever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I feel now. I, I feel like I just wrote a masterpiece of a song. <laughs> All right. Let's rate this then. Um, Thumbs down. Well, hold on, hold no, on. No, I'm joking. Our rating system, for those of you who don't know, is very simple. Uh, it's thumbs up and it's thumbs down. That that really just is based on whatever criteria you feel like. Um, Ryan, you're 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 an eager beaver today. Why don't you start, <sighs> guys? This one, I really enjoyed watching this one. <laughs> it was it was so <laughs> fucked up and so weird, and I like it even more now, knowing that it's about the light and love and joy of the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Um, the, the slime was great. The slimy burger was great. The talking dog was a plus. I gotta give this one a thumbs up. <laughs> Would I watch wow. it again? I don't know. Don't N- care. Never, never answer that question because that's not what, cause your answer is always no a hundred percent of the time. Oh, I would watch it again if I was hallucinating really badly. Or, oh, okay. or had a bad fever. Next time you have a fever, just pop this right on. Or I'm, the next time you take ayahuasca. Yeah. I'm going to. Now. <laughs> Wonderful. James. Uh, thumbs up. I oh. love a gross puppet. <laughs> I never said that sentence out loud, but I <laughs> discovered that about myself. Love a gross puppet. They all had human teeth. And I'm here for it. They take too long to show up. I think we tackled that. I want just these characters. I want a sequel. I want <laughs> the kid in it, the the little kid to get kidnapped every time. Uh, I want the tho- like an army of thoads. I want more of it. Thumbs up. <laughs> okay. Um. I'll 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 uh, I'll go this time. Um. I give. I give our prosthetics and animatronics director, Steve Johnson, the biggest thumbs up I can possibly give. Go, Steve. I give the movie a thumbs down. I, I was so... Every time this movie did anything plot-related, I was, I was bored as hell. Um, it's, it's, the acting was not good. The plot was not good. The, again, puppets, in- incredible. I loved what Steve Johnson did. Steve Johnson, I'm going to be reaching out to you very soon. We're going to get you on the show oh, if it's actually, the last thing that I do. We say that a lot. I really want to talk to this guy. He, I want to talk to him more than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, movie's a thumbs down, but he gets a big old thumbs up. Uh, Brandon, hit us. Thumbs up. Start the movie from 3310 so you can get the Oakleys guys and then the <laughs> aliens shortly after, and you'll have a good time. The plot doesn't matter. It was super stupid, but the aliens were fun. <laughs> the movie's so yeah. stupid. No, you made a great point. If if you started this movie maybe 33 minutes in, th- it would be much better. I agree with you. That's true. You get, you get nothing from the first <laughs> half hour. In fact, it takes away from the rest of it. That's the best. Brennan, you're so right. Wow. Let's yeah. end right. Let's end the podcast right there. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um that that is pretty much everything. That's that's just about it. Um do do any of you have any plugs? Anyone want to plug anything? Uh follow my cat on Instagram at Finn F I N N the fat feline. He's cute, baby. Stream King Princess. She's great. She's my favorite musical artist of this whole year. And if I can advocate for anything on the show, I haven't plugged a single thing other than this podcast, this whole show. And that's what I'm plugging. Also, uh, listen to um, Beach Bunny, the band from Chicago. They have a new album coming out. They're awesome. Very nice. Brennan, you got any plugs? Mm, I plugged a lot last time. Yeah, you did. I'm going to plug you guys next time I see you. Hey. hey. Ow. <laughs> that hey. sounds aggressive. <laughs> I don't know please, what it means. <laughs> please be, please, whatever you do, please be gentle and avoid my eyes. No, I'm going to sharpen my nails. Ah, oh, shit. I okay. like to plug open-mindedness and tolerance. That's a good thing to plug. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, trans rights. I'll be LGBTQ rights. Uh, all those things. It, unless, unless you're a liberal... 
<laughs> what? Is that what the L in LGBT stands yeah, for? Liberalism. <laughs> That's our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, on Twitter at Tipsy Panel, or you could email us. We actually got an email. Um, I remember I asked um, where everyone was when Michael Jackson died. And Haley, you told us where you were when Michael Jackson died. <laughs> it's actually a great story. Uh, the story is that her parents had a game where when one of them finds out a celebrity died they would proudly tell the other one before they found out and win the game so when when she heard it she ran into the other room and she told her mom and said michael jackson's dead and her mom thought she was lying and then they found out and they were really sad (laughs) (laughs) but Haley won the game so Haley, we're proud of you um we're so glad you're listening um that's that's a great story and if any of you also have stories of when where you were when michael jackson died or if you <laughs> want to talk about your favorite decoms or your least favorite decoms uh reach out to us disney channel tipsy panel at gmail.com here's a list of things i'd like to know where you were when you heard out they happened Nine <laughs> Eleven, the challenger berlin wall Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah, where were you? Where were you when you found out what the Pete Buttigieg high hopes dance was? <laughs> tell, tell us that one. All right, Ryan, are you okay? He, okay, I thought you were going to break out into the high hopes dance. I'm very glad you didn't. That's our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. We'll have another decom for you. Thanks. Bye. Gotta have high, high hopes for a minute. Shooting from the stars and I had to make a killing. My name is Pete Buttigieg and I'm a mayor. Gotta have high, high hopes.